You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Gastroenteritis Blues. My name is Steve Lipman. I'm joined by only Emily Cannell, as Dan Bopone is off studying for a big exam that he has on Monday. And uh, we here wish him nothing but the best. Um, I wish uh, Dan all the luck in his test, but I do have to say he was tweeting a lot during that basketball game for someone who was studying. It's a good point. He was tweeting a lot, but we hope now during the time that he would be podcasting that he's studying. Um, Great. And Emily, my first question to you is, have you ever seen Love is Blind on Netflix? Absolutely. Of course I have. It's me you're talking to. Let's but I haven't watched it. season two yet. Oh, you gotta. You gotta. I'm go- Did you watch season one? Did I watch season one? Is water wet? I mean, come on. It's great. Jessica gives her dog wine. Would you give Rainy wine? Gives her dog wine. Was she arrested? No. She's like, she Should loves be. wine. And people are like, that's incredibly toxic and can like ruin your dog's kidneys. But dogs okay. eat shit too. You shouldn't give them that either. Dogs eat anything. Yeah. She loves wine. <laughs> she loves wine. She loves wine. Um, it's great. It's, I mean, it's, I mean, I can't. I need to get Jordy's away on a bachelor party this weekend. So we haven't, that's like a show that we watched together. So we haven't really been able to get into it. It's really great. It's um, <laughs> my favorite thing is when, you know, they sort of narrow it down to two people and they ask one person to marry them and the other person says, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> the, <laughs> the person who asked, goes boy well i'm on this show and i feel like i'm supposed to ask somebody to marry me and they go to the other person and they're like what about you you want to marry me <laughs> it's like it's like why don't you just leave the show like you don't have to <laughs> like no i have to oh my god um what a show what a concept god it feels so sad but also they probably don't have to do any real jobs after that regardless of what happens with the relationships right yeah and like I think at least one of the relationships from season one is still going so they're very famous the Cameron and Lauren Lauren yes yes good for them if one of them has a relative from Philadelphia we can see if they're they want to come on they're more than welcome to anyway 
the Sixers <laughs> traded for James Harden this weekend. They played basketball um, <laughs> this week. But they, we let off with Love is Blind. Mm-hmm. They, um, oh, here, let me uh, break later. They lost to the Suns. They lost to the Phoenix Suns um, before the trade deadline. So who gives a fuck? And then they, um, and then they played the Thunder. They beat them in sort of a um, game where they played down the opponent and then pulled it out. Were you at that game? No. Wasn't that a game that you and Zainab were gonna go to? There was some conversation about that. We were gonna go tonight, and then I Got didn't it. go. Got it. Great. Um, and then tonight. Uh, we're recording this Saturday. You'll hear this on Sunday afternoon. They beat the Cavs in an excellent win. So let's talk uh, first about the Cavs game, and then we can talk about the other ones if there's anything for it. Just a banner performance from Joel Embiid, a 40-point triple-double where he looked phenomenal. He didn't shoot the ball well at all against the Thunder. Uh, he had a wrist thing. He said he just woke up with it hurting one day, which is um, I can relate to that. You and I are getting older. Dan is aging in reverse. You and I are getting older and, and sometimes we'll just, I, at least I will wake up and something hurts me and I don't know why it hurts me. Um, and Joel just woke up with a sore wrist the other day and I, sometimes I sweep, sleep wrong and my neck hurts and, and the other day he woke up and his wrist hurt. But um, tonight he shot the ball incredibly. He had an unbelievable dunk. Can you tell me where do you think this ranks and, uh, and his best dunks of all time and, and what would, Name your top three favorite Joel dunks and where would this rank? It's hard. I mean, I have like recency bias. So I always, I feel like this one is like the best one, but it's also because like this one is coming like in his MVP season, like in this time, like when he's playing with like this vigor and like now James Harden is coming. So like, if you put it all in perspective, it's like, this is the dunk that's starting the next wave of Sixers basketball, like this dunk is starting our championship run. Like, let's go. Um, But other than that, I'm not like a good dunk connoisseur. Like I know that there are good Joel dunks, but I don't know if I can pull them out of the top of my head. Okay. The ones that come to mind for me are the one on Baines uh, in the playoffs. Remember it was, became the confetti game. Um, Ben Simmons, you'll remember him, was a sixer. Um, they're running fast break. Um, it's a game that went to overtime on the Bellinelli shot. Um, but Simmons threw him like a behind oh, the back pass. And, and then he ripped the mask off and screamed at the crowd. It was an incredible dunk. It was unbelievable. Um, that was a great dunk. That might, that might be my favorite one, if not for the way that game and that series ended. Uh, and then there was one on John Collins a couple of years ago. Excellent dunk. Um, there was one in his rookie year on Nene, which was a great one. Um, he says Is it weird that I have more recollection of Furcon threes than Joel dunks? Yes, I think. Would be I have one Joel dunk burned in my mind and I have two Furcon threes burned into my mind. So there's that. So there's the Portland for on three. What other one? The Milwaukee one. Ooh, the Milwaukee one's a good one. That's um, the one where I got on TV. Oh, that's right. Where you're pumping your fist. Yes. Now, when one. we had nobody healthy and we almost beat them. Yes. 
that was a great one. and then that's when in when Giannis like sat on the in the middle of the court that one that game yeah. that's right I hear your dog playing in the <laughs> rainy rainy's in the crate right now and she's deciding to squeak her um her pink bone and uh, it's a live should, pod we, should we have a, we have a an audience yeah we do um she remembers <laughs> that dunk as well or that three as well um <laughs> So anyway, this was uh, this was an incredible Joel game, and uh, the whole the whole team seems very invigorated. I saw somebody tweeted that one of the additions or one of the uh, things that that happens with the Mori trade is that the GM really sends a message that he believes in the team to go out and try to win, and uh, that's an incredibly cool thing. And I think it's a it's a message. And I think Maxi has looked great. Tobias is playing well. It's just, it's a really, a really good time. And, and did you notice anything else tonight from, from the win against Cleveland? Cleveland's a really good team and the Sixers are obviously playing, you know, they don't have Seth or Drummond and, and B-Ball Paul is playing backup center. Any, any other thoughts from the win? Um, I don't know if this comes into the, like the GM has belief in me, but I thought Matisse was incredible tonight um he had like six steals like just like so active on the ball I don't even know how many points he has like that's not where he makes his impact but I'm wondering if he's like you know it was very well reported that we would not give him up that he we he was off the table and I think you know knowing that your team will refuses to include you has to kind of like you said like light a fire under your ass and be like well I gotta prove to them like why I belong here and why they wanted to keep me here so badly. And I thought he was really, really good on defense tonight. I, I really like him and I'm so happy that they didn't trade him. And um, it seems, you know, Keith had for a little while that they really were not going to include him in a hardened trade. I really wonder at, if at 255, if, if uh, you know, uh, Sean Marks had said, "It's listen, it's Matisse or you don't get Harden if Daryl Morey actually wouldn't have done it. You know, I, I, I am inclined to say that he would have done it just to get Harden. But I think it shows you how important he was that, that that's sort of the line that he drew. Um, but I think it's hugely important that he's here. Like, I just think that, you know, some people want to start Danny instead of Matisse. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think Matisse is the starter here like uh, I I think you play Danny 20 25 minutes but like I think Danny's defense has slipped a little bit this year and and you can still play him enough minutes for his shooting and his still solid defense and and just like the way that Matisse makes plays like do you have an opinion on that like do you think Matisse is that fifth starter there with the like Harden Maxi Tobias Joel quartet like what do you think yeah I tend to think so because just like you said, the way he makes plays, like if Matisse is getting deflections and steals, like you want that first unit on the floor as much like to take advantage of those things versus, you know, you want the deflection to go to Maxi to for the break. Like you don't want it to go to whoever, like shake, like it's not the same like guarantee of, of a point. And I just think they have been playing really well together. So I think, that Matisse should stay in the starting lineup. And Danny's like, he's been around. He knows what this is. Like, he's not gonna, he's not gonna care. 
And there's no reason you have to close that way every night. You know, if Danny's hot and if Matisse is, you know, in foul trouble or whatever, you know, I, I don't think either of those guys have an ego where you have to worry about it. And that's um, the beauty of having Matisse still here is that you have that the flexibility to like play with the lineups and do those kind of things um, where if he was gone, you wouldn't. So, yeah, you would have to um, play Danny for defense because you wouldn't really have another good perimeter defender. And I just I would really worry about that. Like, I would feel like we would really need a buyout guy who could who could play some adequate defense over there, because then you're playing Tobias on you know, the perimeter too much on defense and listen, whatever, like I, I wouldn't, as long as we kept Tyrese and, and, you know, had Harden and Embiid, I would be thrilled at this point. You know, I would say that it's worth it. Um, but just the fact that we kept Matisse, I, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And, yeah. And, just and better this, this way then. <laughs> for sure. So what do you think about Paul Reed getting a crack at these um, backup center minutes? I was surprised. I, I, I thought that, um, I thought that Bassey was going to be, first up at that because it seemed like doc was very hesitant to trust him of course b-ball paul goes out there against uh, oklahoma city and absolutely whips on a re reverse dunk um uh on a fast break but outside of that has played really well in his first two games um after the trade um what have you thought about it? I mean, he's played really well he has really good defensive instincts and he's a good rebounder and defender um you know are you surprised at this and do you think he'll like continue on with the job I am surprised because it seemed in the very beginning of the season it seemed like they were going to give Paul Reed more of a run and then Bassey kind of took over he had that like one incredible game and then he was kind of the guy and Paul was with the blue coats and you didn't see him much but now it seems like he's the guy so I don't really know what is influencing this decision making by Doc like where he's what is making him choose, you know, Paul over Charles Bassey. But I, I think he's been playing well. He's so active on the boards and has no fear and just like dives for balls and is like a maniac. It's, it's kind of fun and chaotic and I kind of like it. There was that one play tonight that was like so ugly with this like deflection to deflection to deflection. And Paul was all over like everything. And then it ended up, I don't know if it was a, George or Furcon, but it ended up coming out with like a three pointer just because like he wouldn't stop. And I think, I don't know, that's not like beautiful basketball, but there's value in that. You know, I wonder like, as a, he's a good lob threat and like Harden plays great with guys who can just go up and get lobs. And, you know, cause I, I'm sure that part of the calculus right now is like who can play backup five when Harden's running the unit when Joel sits um and I think Bassey would be fine at that too but but Paul is such a wild card you know like he's just such randomness you know um neither of them I don't think you're relying on their jump shot right now um but the ceiling I think of you know defensive activity is way higher with b-ball Paul and I I love giving him a look and I you know obviously we are biased um because he's a friend of the show um but I think it's great do you have anything, the Suns trade, the Suns game feels like it was a million years ago. It was before yeah. the trade deadline. I mean, who gives a shit? Do you have anything? They lost that game. It was, they're an incredible team. And it was the day before the trade trade deadline. I, you know, Joel was really good and they lost. Anything? No, I don't, I can't even remember it. I didn't go. <laughs> it was Monday. 
Tuesday, Wednesday? When was it? Uh, Tuesday, I think. Tuesday. I don't know what I was doing, but we hope, we hope you fun. enjoyed it. I guess I watched it on TV. I don't really know. <laughs> so I have no probably, thoughts on it. In conclusion, McCall, McCall Bridges, Mikhail Bridges. And, uh, and speaking of the Phoenix Suns, Jordy saw uh, Booker and Chris Paul at the golf tournament in Phoenix this weekend. What was that like? I don't know. He sent me a far away picture of them. Were they playing? No, they were just uh, spectating hmm. yesterday. Yeah. Did he talk to them? No, they were in the VIP area behind the ropes. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Hey, <laughs> after the Harden trade happened, um, uh, and Seth Curry went out in that trade, a lot of fans started tweeting at one JJ Redick, um, current podcaster and uh, ESPN personality. Um, obviously, Joel loved JJ Redick, and uh, Redick started basically asking JJ to come and play with Harden and Joel. The Sixers now have an open roster spot. Um, JJ uh, retired in between last year and this year. Um, JJ started liking all of these tweets on Twitter um, about coming to play in Philly with Joel and Harden. And Joel liked one of these tweets about JJ coming and playing. Uh, Joel loved playing with JJ and now he doesn't have his, you know, uh, three point specialist in, uh, in Seth. Obviously Seth present day is a million times better than JJ present day, who I don't even know if JJ wants to play basketball anymore. Do you have any interest in a flyer on JJ, right? Like, I don't know if he's playing in shape at all. Like, you know, he might just be out like, you know, any interest in this yeah. sort of thing? I mean, not real interest. Am I interested in the ghost of JJ Redick from four years ago coming to play for the Sixers? Like, yes, but I don't think that this current iteration of JJ Redick is that. I just think we should let JJ and Joel just be buddies that don't play basketball together anymore. And we can find someone else who can shoot three pointers. Yeah, for me, it's like, if they strike out on everybody else and JJ actually like wants to come back and like break a sweat and do this again, just to make Joel happy, like, sure, I guess, like they shouldn't rely on him in any real way. Like this doesn't, no. he didn't look good at the end of his, you know, last year with Dallas. Like, it, it, you know, he got, he got hurt a lot. I forgot he went to Dallas. And he I was got thinking so about, mad about it. New Orleans. Yeah. You that? He was with New Orleans yes. and then they said he was going to, they were going to buy him out and then he got really mad at um and he talked about it on his podcast david griffin talked about his podcast like you know people seem to like him on first take i you know i don't know Feels yeah, i like see a lot of clips i don't watch them but i see a lot of clips of jj on first take and i'm just like great this is great feels like what he's feels like what he should be doing at this point yeah um you know god bless um Oh, you know, Doc talked about staggering. Uh, you know, Doc Rivers says that they'll likely be looking at the best combination of duos that they have between Harden and Embiid, Harris and Maxi. Certainly seems like the thing that he should do. Lots of people. I wasn't aware like... he knew about staggering <laughs> players. I didn't <laughs> think he knew what that was. It seems like new information. Um, so, uh, so we'll see. Uh, we are going to take an ad break here. Um, after this, we're going to talk about uh, more stuff on the Harden trade. We're going to give 
possibly our final thoughts on Ben Simmons and his career in Philadelphia. Our That's final incorrect. thoughts for this for this episode, certainly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, do our two week update on the standings, and then predict uh, the games for this week and get out of here. We'll be right back. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're back. So, uh, finally, Joelle talked um, about the Harden thing. Um, Oh. I died. Well, first, let's talk about what he said about Harden. And, um, well, first, Danny Green. Danny Green talked about, uh, they asked him about his reaction to the Harden trade. He said, we're just happy to have an all-star point guard who wants to play. Great. Subtle Excellent. digs. Subtle digs. Um, Joel said uh, a lot of excitement about Harden. He said that he and Harden have already chatted and both guys are excited to get going. He's the best player he's ever had the chance to play with so far in his career. And uh, then there's the video today of Harden getting in off the jet. Did you see this? Yes, I did. Yes. And Daryl embracing him so lovingly. Um, Harden has uh, cornrows. He looks excellent. And just giving Daryl a big hug and Daryl just looks so, so, so great. I think Spike. Daryl's really tall. I didn't realize Daryl Morrow was so tall. Had no idea. Um, I also have some questions about the logistics of the travel. So I had read that hard Houston when he stopped playing with the Nets, he was like, deuces, I'm going back home to Houston. So then I was like, oh, Ramona piece. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, he took the plane from Houston. But then it was, they were saying that him and Paul Millsap were on the plane and then they got in the van to go get their physicals. But did they take a plane from Brooklyn? It's not that far. Oh, what a good question. Oh, so you it's think like a, this... It's not far. It's like a 45 minute train ride. So you don't need a plane. <laughs> you think that this video of him getting off the plane 
Paul Millsap was in this plane? I don't know. I read that I saw something and it was like, and then Paul was there and they got in a van together to go to the facility to get their physicals. Hmm. But maybe they were on different planes or I don't know. Because I also think, don't know if this is like sourced information. This is like things I saw on Twitter. It's like because you would think Harden Harden lives full time in Houston, but he had a bunch of stuff probably in Brooklyn as well. After that right. trade, I don't. So know. I'm just, I don't know. Do you think? Where do you think he'll live? Harden. Yeah, he'll probably buy Simmons' house with the Simmons the Savage thing. Simo the Savage. Yeah. And the candy, uh, well, the candy room. James Harden would like a candy room, I think. Yeah, in Morristown. <laughs> um, I don't know. Are there any but, good strip clubs in Morristown? Oh, I know this. This is definitely something I know. Um, yeah, there's two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is my wheelhouse. Um, <laughs> Morristown strip clubs are uh, there's two really good ones. Um, so is it sinking in for you that hard? I mean, so I think that they're, gonna, they're obviously going to do a press conference, Daryl and Harden, I'm sure Doc. Um, it's just very surreal that Harden is, uh, she's walking around in the crowd. Oh, that's how that is. <laughs> that's what that is. Um, she just readjusted. Um, oh, good. I hope she's happy. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it's just, I, I was thinking about this earlier, that just like a guy who's a no doubt first ballot Hall of Famer on a contender currently deciding, I actually want to play on the Sixers. And I know that the main reason was Daryl and then also it was Joel, but deciding I actually want to be in Philadelphia is a tremendous thing, is incredibly cool. Like. Has that sunk in for you? And like, how does it feel for you? Like that this is where we're at and that like, we got one of those guys to be with Joel and to be with Maxi, and like, it's just so cool. Yeah, it's not every day that someone wants to come play here. <laughs> like in any, I mean, I guess Bryce Harper was the other big one. Like someone wanted to come here and it's very exciting when someone wants to come here and I think that James like knows what he's getting into. Like he knows that this is Embiid's team. This isn't his team mm -hmm. because if you came here thinking anything else, you're just stupid. So I think that he's like willing to play that role. And I think it's going to be really good. I'm I'm, but it hasn't sunk in. Like, I think it's going to be really weird when he plays for the Sixers. Like, I saw they, they're selling the jerseys today and they like keep showing like tribute basically like tribute videos at the wells fargo center during games like i guess to hype people up for his arrival like people aren't excited um so it's just gonna be weird this isn't there hasn't been like a guy like this that like people were like anxiously anticipating their arrival it's kind of like when joel like played for the first time honestly like everyone was waiting for this moment and it was weird it's like oh shit he's finally here it's it's crazy yeah i mean and the thing you're saying is right because like he's a he's an mvp caliber guy he's an all nba caliber guy but it's 
Joel City, without a doubt. Like it's not even close. Um, for any sport, like like Joel's the biggest athlete in the city, and I think it's you know, you know Harper just won MVP of baseball, but I don't think it's any question like who the most popular athlete in the city is. Um, so, but part of the reporting in recent days has been that like Harden wanted a setup where he did not have to be the lead scorer, the lead guy on the team anymore and that was part of why he wanted to go to Brooklyn was that he didn't have he didn't want to have to do the thing he had been doing with Houston um and then when Kyrie refused the vaccine and then KD got hurt it was like one of these guys is doing it voluntarily where it's like you know I'm not even getting the help I I thought I was signing up for here um so you know he I think that he knows full well and he knows Daryl well enough to know that like he's coming into Joel's situation and, and Joel I don't think is the type of guy to like demand the spotlight enough to like not share it with Harden and I think everybody's going into this and you know Zach Lowe and other people have said that like Harden I think like this needs to be it for him like I don't think that Harden is in the position where he can do this sort of thing again you know like he has done this now twice within like 14 months. And yeah, I, I, you know, he, he, we saw, we, we made fun of it uh, last a couple of days ago that like um, <laughs> him not wanting to make the trade request while making the trade request was like <laughs> him knowing how that looks like he wants it to work out, you know, like, and now he's back with his guy and he has the MVP of the league. And it's like, it should work out because he's incredible and he's with the best player and like, it's time to make it work. So I'm really excited for it. Great. Is it so, happening on Tuesday? Do we think? Him playing? I think so. I think, I mean, I think so. in that video his hamstring looked good when he hugged Daryl. So yeah, it's a big hamstring motion. The hug really <laughs> is strained on your hamstrings. I've, I've, I've heard <laughs> hamstrings before hugging people. So let's get to Joel's quotes about Ben. Um, okay. They asked Joel, um, just sort of about the Ben situation. He said, uh, I'm happy I'm not going to be a- uh, answering any more questions on that subject. He wishes everybody that uh, has moved on the best. And then that's the last thing he said about it. And that was it. No. Uh, he says he and Benson did not talk after the trade. I don't care, honestly. He says the whole situation is unfortunate, specifically that they never won in the playoffs. Uh, he says it's disappointing that all the winning he and Simmons did uh, were able to do became secondary. It's unfortunate that I guess having his own team and, and being a star was more important. You know, it, he just like was so over it you know they asked him before the trade deadline effectively like are you gonna campaign to bring ben back if he doesn't get traded and joel was like no like i I, we didn't get a chance to talk about this but he was like i'm not doing that he was like i don't have to babysit tyrese i don't have to babysit tobias i don't have to babysit matisse like i'm not going and, and he also was like, I didn't do anything fucking wrong to this guy. He was like, 
I made a little comment, which I make about everybody else and everybody else handles it fine. And like, he was just so over it, you know? And like, I, it was very clear that Joel thought that the whole Ben situation was total bullshit. And so like, when you look back well, on Ben's career in tenure. like tenure, like, how do you feel about it? Because he was very good for a while here. Like, he was clearly very good, but his personality was very strange because he never embraced us in any real way. You know, it was very clear that it was, it was, he was not an athlete that got it in that way. And he had this weird thing where he had a refusal to, to just participate in parts of his game. And when people would, allege that he should try to do that he would be arrogant about it and he would pretend that to even uh suggest that he should try to you're stupid and you should have you, you don't play basketball you know and then fans including me at some point would agree with that you know and i would and i would just talk about the things he was good at which he was great at you know, um, but in the playoffs, it became a real issue until it became an insane issue last summer. And it just like, it just became too much, you know, and, and the excuses became too much. And, and when you add it all up, you know, like I hit a breaking point, certainly against Atlanta and I just like all the way out. And like when we could trade him for Harden, I was dying to do it for sure. And, and I know that you were less so at the time. Um, but it was, it was just such a strange career, you know, like Joel, I think tried to make it work. I don't think they ever got especially close, but I think that he wanted to make it work because he knew that he was really good and Ben turned himself into an incredible defender and he deserves credit for that because he was not that coming out of school. Um, but just an enigma as a player and you know I do think he'll be good in Brooklyn but I think he'll have the same exact problems because they are problems that he imposes on himself and, and you know I don't want to like the mental health stuff I'm not interested in talking about honestly because like it's not a problem anymore and like I, I'm not interested it's like you know that's for another podcast in in Brooklyn and like I'm not, you know, his money in escrow, fucking no thanks. I'm not, you know, handle it someplace else. I'm not doing it. Um, you know, and go ahead. So, so tell me, tell me how you feel. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. Like it's, we're in such a good place right now, but it's like crazy how like, the expectations were when Ben came and we had Joel and Ben and all like then even to throw like Markel into it like all these number one picks and like this is going to be the nucleus of this like next great dynasty and then everything fell apart and like somehow we managed to get James Harden out of it is like very strange trajectory for the whole thing and like like you said like Ben because like every player has holes in their game, right? Like no one is perfect. So you're always like, yeah, well, they're not great at this, but they're great at this and it's fine. 
But then when that thing that they're not great at is literally like scoring, putting a ball through the net, which is how you score points in a basketball game, then it becomes like a bit of an issue. Also, when you're paying them like a gazillion dollars a year and they're supposed to be like the cornerstone of one of the cornerstones of your franchise. Um, That is another problem. And then, yeah, just, yeah, I don't think like Ben ever really wanted to be here. Like he never bought into Philly as a whole, like the way that Joel would always, and I don't hate to compare everyone to Joel because he's like on another tier of like the kind of athlete that you want in your city. But like, I can't think of like times when Ben was like, yeah, like I really love playing with these fan for these fans. Like I don't, ever recall like quotes like that the way that Joel talks about the fans all the time and like playing in the city and even like I mean you've definitely heard stuff good and bad from Tobias and like pretty much good from Tyrese like they all talk about like playing I think playing in Philadelphia is kind of a special thing if you buy into it and I don't think that Ben ever did and like he didn't doesn't spend his off season he never spent the off season here he never like did much around like town now that he has to go out but just like talking about things around town or like i know maybe he was doing it's not that hard if you like it's not that hard to pander a little bit if you wanted yeah to there was none of that like yeah and like maybe there was stuff behind the scenes and things i'm forgetting but like i even just think of like during the playoffs last year like when Joel set up that like viewing party at the men's shelter, like just like little stuff like that. That's like, Hey, you're in my city. I want to take care of you. Like we're all in this together. Like there was and never any of that from him. And it's kind of like the idea that he always like wanted to have one foot out the door anyways, but that's all also probably hindsight, just like looking back, like never buying in at all. Um, but yeah, I, I don't like wish bad things on him. I also think he has, like you said, I'm not going to touch the mental health, but I think that there's like some complicated family situations and dynamics. And like, I think there were other factors and stressors in his life other than basketball that might have made it difficult to focus on basketball. Um, But yeah, I think he'll be good in Brooklyn. I am interested to see there how they split like point guard duties between like Kyrie and Ben because Ben does not like to be told he's not a point guard and Kyrie actually is a point guard so I don't know how that'll work because both of them like to have the ball in their hands and both of them have like considerable egos about it so I think that will be interesting but other than that I think he's like a fine fit there the thing I think is really funny and I'm sure you've seen this is like this new discourse about how the Sixers have gotten like fleeced in this trade somehow. And there's this like ridiculous video of Ben making passes in summer league that people are like, camp, like this guy is going to play with Kyrie and, and Durant. And I'm like, this is literally the baseline says like Las Vegas summer league. Like, do you know how long ago this was? And also like who he's playing against, like he's not making these passes against like Kawhi Leonard like this is fucking summer league he's like it's just Rashawn Holmes that's how it's like wild it was like the way 
the narrative now is very funny to me. But like maybe he'll become that guy in Brooklyn. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me because we we always say Ben is going to be incredible wherever he goes next. But I just think that video is really funny. He's going to make nice passes in Brooklyn. He's he's going to it's fine. He'll always make nice passes. He's made nice passes forever. (laughs) Like, that's not what I'm worried about. What if Um, he starts shooting free throws? Then I will be shocked. But listen, you know, after Atlanta, if he had said, if they had like him and Clutch had just been like, hey, there's no getting this back. Like the city hates me. I hate it here. Like, <laughs> I think there's no coming back from this. And I want a new situation. Uh, no hard feelings. I won't ever play another game here because I think there's just no getting it back. And I, and I think it would be a really horrible situation that I can't get back. And I'll, I'll, I'm never coming back. That's it. I would have understood. Like, I, I really get that. Like, I get that the, on a human level, not wanting to come back in that arena. I, I understand. Like, that would uh-huh. fucking suck. I, I understand. What I hated about it was the hundreds of excuses throwing everybody under the bus that he did, blaming Joel and Doc and everybody else, which he did his whole career here, which was that it was everybody else's fault and everybody else was a moron. And everybody else, you know what I mean? Like, that that's really where it became an issue for me was like, if you want to get to a new situation, I get it. Like, it got bad in Atlanta and it like, I, I do think he created this situation. I do think that refusing to improve his offense for five years was his fault and like all of that. But like, after Atlanta, if he wanted to leave Philadelphia, that's his prerogative and like, yeah that's totally fine and maybe I would have wanted to too but like don't like you know say fuck off to everybody else in the process just to make your point you know yeah I also think and I agree with you like I wouldn't want to come back probably but I also think if he had just come back and played like two fine games like everything would be fine (laughs) Like, I don't think people were going to boo him all season because of that pass in Atlanta. Like, and, and he would have had to like, like all of that, like discourse over the summer would have had to not happen. But if he was just like, yeah, that like just played, I don't think there would have been an issue. It was all of the talk and all of the stuff and all of the everything that created everything. Immediately after game seven, if he had gone I was horrible in this series. Like, you know, it's on me. I need to be way better, blah, 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 blah. He could have, yeah, he could have totally come back and, and whatever. But after all of the shit talk over the summer, yeah. it would have taken yeah. a lot more than a couple of games. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And that's just not him to ever say, it's, like, we're talking this about is on me. We're talking about a different person. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, we're talking about Unlike, he might as well flown, you know, he, he, yeah. you know it's like, Unlike Joel, who was like, I was terrible last night and I wasn't going to ever play that bad again. And meanwhile, he had like 25 points and like 14 yeah. rebounds. And but ridiculous. I'm telling you, I, I will always thank him because after the Atlanta series, I was so incredibly done watching him play for us ever again. And <laughs> he, he's the only person that made it happen. 
He's the only one. Because the fucking Sixers were begging him to play all year. And Danny Green's on his fucking podcast saying, let's get him back in here to play. And <laughs> Benny Boy saying, I'm never doing it. I won't do it. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Thank you. So uh, I, what I really love in this, and, and the reason we'll never be done talking about him is because we now have a gigantic rivalry between Sixers and the Nets. And we'll just see what happens because it's just now March 10th, the Nets play at the Sixers. Who knows if Ben will play in that game? Um, but that will be, you know, people are saying it's going to be like when LeBron is went it, back to Cleveland. Is it worse for him if he plays or if he doesn't play? Like, should he well, just rip the Band-Aid off? Well, eventually he's going to have to play. Um, but it's way worse if he plays. I mean, because he's going to have to be on the court and it's going well, to be a fucking no, nightmare. But will it be worse? But then, like, would it be worse if he, like, is clearly just scared to play in Philadelphia and then that's the media discourse? Like, Ben is afraid to play in Philadelphia even for another team? And then, like, what happens if we play Brooklyn in the playoffs? Like, uh, like yeah, is no. that going to be when he comes He's no, got to get it over with. If I'm him and I'm playing at that point, like, you know, he's ramping up or whatever it is. So if he's playing by then, I think you have to play. You have to just yeah, play yeah. in that game. Like, because it looks too bad if you don't play. It looks that. really bad if you don't play. It, it looks really bad if you don't play in that game. Because oh you almost God. have to miss the game before or the game after. Because you, if you just miss that one game, <laughs> it looks Yeah, just rest. This is a planned rest game for Ben. I feel like before that game, we need to get all the fans in one room and be like, hey, I know. I know we're going to do a lot of chanting and a lot of booing, which is fine. But we need a line here because yeah. we don't want to have like cops involved. <laughs> like, I bet you that's one of the games where they like put those papers on every seat that like reminds yeah. you of the NBA fan code of conduct and yes. like that you can't throw things on the court. Oh like they put it on the jumbotron, but they're gonna like hand it out individually as people walk <laughs> into the Wells Fargo Center. I mean, he's gonna guard Joel at some point. Stop. Oh my right. God. Speak. Can right. we just talk about Joel explaining his tweet for like five seconds? Because oh, it's so funny. That smile on his face is so good. That mischievous <laughs> smile. And he just said, I just saw a picture on the internet. Guy in the suit. He looked great. He had swag. It's great. It was a great fit. The suit fit him really nice. He's a handsome guy. I thought, <laughs> send this out. Who is that guy? Like, can we find him? Have him on the podcast? I I mean, you, there's his original. I wonder if he still has his Instagram. Because, like, you can see his Instagram handle oh, and, right. the, like, he, screenshot of the, the meme. Does he follow Liberty Ballers? It's the one way. Oh, man. It's the best. Well, I can't wait for the, uh, the Harden press conference. It's going to be great. It's got to be, like, probably Monday. Monday or Tuesday, I guess. Yeah. They cleared physicals tonight, so... Right. The train is official. It's going to be like the, uh, like, are they going to ask Paul Millsap anything? It's going to be like when uh, Jason Richardson was at uh, Andrew Bynum's press conference. Yeah. All right. Um, we have standings update here. We have two weeks of standings because right. we were not here last Sunday. So um, what is the update on the standings? And Dan has mailed in his ballot. Um, there's a lot of right. mail or fraud but we have gotten in his ballot. 
um, then we'll go through that. Okay, so I'm on a bit, so we haven't talked, I guess, so the two weeks ago, I was 0-3, it was terrible. Yikes. And then you got, because we thought they were just going to win everything. <laughs> and they didn't. Um, and then you guys were 2-1-2. and two. And then last week, I was 3-1, and one, Dan was 3-1, and one, and you were 4-0. and Because oh. you had the Phoenix loss. We all said Ben would be traded, and then FAC and Cleveland wins. Wow. So the current standings with all of that into consideration me and you are tied at 34 and 23 and dan is at 31 and 26 okay so how many games back would dan be three or two Three. yeah yeah all right this week the sixers play home against boston boston has been playing really well lately and then they play at Milwaukee, and then they hit the All-Star break, so they don't have games for uh, a while there. Um, and that's it. And then uh, this could be the debut of James Harden. We think it will be uh, at some point this week. I think um, hopefully it will be Tuesday against Boston. Um, I'm, I'm going to act as if it will be Tuesday in my predictions, Dan sent in his predictions he predicted two wins dan is absolutely drunk with happiness with this hardened thing um, these are he two can't be games. like contained no can't be contained i i'm going two wins as well uh boston and milwaukee two tough games but i i gotta do it emily what about you um i'm also going two wins it will surprise no one that that is what i'm doing um i just can't i can't they're like you they're big games they're hard games but like those are the games when we're this good that i can't pick them to lose because it just feels like i don't have faith in them then and i do have faith in them so i agree Two wins. well welcome to the sixers james harden um good luck on your exam dan um uh have fun at the bachelor party jordy and uh, that's it. We love you. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube. Thank you for everything, Drew, under whom all things are possible. Uh, be safe and be great. Follow us everywhere. Third and Girl with underscores. Castro Blues Pod, Steve J. Lipman, DA Pelts 13. That's it. Goodbye. Goodbye. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. 
It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.